Welcome to So You Want to Move to the Country and Raise Goats. This is a podcast about change. Change is all around us, and sometimes we're ready for it, and sometimes we're not. When it overwhelms us, well, we just want to move to the country and raise goats. This podcast features stories from people who have gone through change. We hope that their insights will help you better understand and deal with the changes in your life. I'm Peggy Koenig, and along with my co-host, Catherine Greiba, we chat with insightful people with interesting change stories. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Today we have Krista Babiak joining us from Calgary, and I've known Krista for a long time. Krista went to school with my daughter, and she had a long-time interest in the restaurant business. Her family has been involved in, in that business for a long time, and that was really her passion. She studied the culinary arts with a focus on pastry and baking and had a successful career as a chef. And it all changed one day when there was an accident and her life changed forever. So she talks about how she worked through that very painful experience. And hers is a story of where you think your life is going to go in one direction and it changes and how she's working through that even today. Yeah, she talks about resilience and how that particular incident, which will affect her life going forward, she's now pursuing a, a, a different career that is still aligned somewhat with what, what she was doing, but it really took a lot of resilience for her to get through that process. Welcome to Krista Babiak, who's joining us from her home office in Calgary. And I've known you for quite a few years, Krista. <laughs> Yes, since I was 13. I know, I know. I have all sorts of stories I could share about you back. Oh, let's hear them. Let's hear them. <laughs> yeah. Krista, you, um, you always had a, a real interest in the restaurant biz, as, as I recall. Could you talk, t- talk about that a little bit and where that led you as far as your career? From an early age, it was kind of something that was always on my radar. My family actually owned a restaurant in Saskatoon, um, a very famous ice cream store called Homestead. And a lot of my drive came from working with my mom after school uh, and seeing what she was doing and then having opportunities through other family members to actually start my career back when I was about 15 at uh, another restaurant that was right across the street. And it just kind of developed from there, reading books uh, like Anthony Bourdain and cooks and just being part of the, the lifestyle, really. It just kind of gets ingrained in you. And, and it's, it's just one of those things that it, it was always a passion of mine, for sure. So did you, did you study cooking and cuisine? I actually didn't study culinary arts until I was about 20 years old. Um, I had been in the industry for quite a few years before I decided, you know what, this is is what I want to do. And then from there, that's when I decided to move to Calgary to study for baking and pastry arts because it wasn't considered a trade in Saskatchewan. So I couldn't take any schooling up here. Very interesting. And 
in the culinary world, is that certificate really important to have if you're wanting to advance your your career? 50% of people are going to tell you yes. 50% of people are going to tell you no. The people that have been in the industry for for years and years and years and have been self-taught and self-made, and they're going to be the best teachers that you have, honestly. But but the, most of those people also become instructors. So I would say yes, there is there is a place for that certificate, especially within the higher end of of restaurants. But um, it's not necessary to to have a good long lasting career. So you got your certificate, and did you work in a bakery shop immediately following? I actually was living at the state residence at the time and working at the state residence. So I was there for another year as a, an administrative assistant and then got a job as the sous chef at Phil and Sebastian, where I worked for about a year and a half. Yeah. Mm. What was pastry and baking? Was that your primary focus or were you also doing other things in the kitchen? I was doing a lot of everything. We had started going from pastries onto more of like a lunch menu plan. Uh, and I was designing a lot of products on that. And just basically a lot of being in a managerial position was was more of what I was doing in, in that, that job. Yeah. So Crystal, there was a major event that happened to you in the kitchen. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. So this was actually quite a few years later, back in 2018, I was working at a restaurant here in Calgary and I was up on top of some equipment cleaning and somebody had just emptied the deep fryer. So the oil was right behind me in a pot and they had not told me. And so when I stepped down, I stepped directly into a 300 degree vat of oil. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. And so what, uh, I can only imagine, but what kind of injuries did that leave you with? It left me with a series of first two third degree burns and nerve damage in the back of my ankle where I can't actually feel. But there's also nerve damage where if I'm standing for a, a long period of time, I just, it, it feels like it's almost back in the oil. And so it's kind of ended my career a bit shorter than I expected in the kitchen. Yeah. And I do recall, uh, cause you were posting a lot of things on social media and it was quite a process of healing and being in and out of hospitals. As I recall, I spent at least two weeks full time at the hospital and then just a little bit previous. And then for about six months after I was there at least two to three, if not more times a week getting physiotherapy, getting different procedures done to make sure that the skin underneath was at least trying to to grow back and, and things like that. And it was definitely a very defeating moment in my life. So the physical pain can't even understand how unbearable that must have been for you, Krista. But the mental anguish that that you would have gone through, I'm sure would have been very trying on on you and and your support system. Tell us a little bit about how you got through those days. Yeah, it was it was quite a struggle, especially at the 
very beginning because you're still in this mentality, especially when working in kitchens, that you are only as good as the last shift that you had. And so a lot of my anxiety was coming from, I'm not working. I'm, I should be working. Why am I not working? And I also had a, a, a pretty decent system with actually WCB. They were 100% there for me and actually set me up with a lot of psychological help, including actual group work, where I, for about six months, went Monday through Friday, did physiotherapy every day, did group work, had a psychologist, had an occupational therapist, had an entire team who was working on building up all of these uh, these problems that, that we were trying to solve, basically. Yeah, I can only imagine, Krista, that when you say, use the word defeat, we're talking about anger. I mean, there must have been such a range of emotions that you were going through as you were dealing with something that was so unexpected. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was one of those situations where you're in a hospital bed and nobody's there except for you. And you're in this unit with these other people who are going through very similar situations to you. There's a there's an energy about that. There definitely is. And it's it's extremely somber. You you switch from anger to sadness to hopeful to thinking about the next person beside you who's could be potentially way worse off than you. And so it is kind of that struggle of you're going through a roller coaster every single day. And Krista, you talk about two weeks in the hospital, but those two weeks are made up of 14 days and each day is 24 hours. And so when you break down the minutes, you were you going just getting to the next minute to the next hour? Basically, especially at the, the beginning, the first couple of days, it was it was kind of a you stare at the ceiling and you wonder what what do I do? What do, how am I supposed to heal when I, I have all of these things running through my head and and all of these things that I feel like I should be doing and I I ha- I'm I'm hopeless and I'm I'm vulnerable right now. That's the biggest thing is that you feel so vulnerable when all you've done is spent your entire life building yourself up to be strong. Hmm. Were you taken aback by the amount of resilience you had? Definitely, definitely. I I still to this day kind of get surprised when I tell people my story or even a little bit and they're like, how did you how did you do that? How were you able to just go and be okay after that? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you must have did you learn something about yourself that you didn't know before this happened? I absolutely I learned quite a lot, especially going through so much therapy that I did afterwards, because it was a a course specifically designed for those with PTSD and general anxiety disorders and depression and things like that, where it's, it's solely focused on your mental health and working on all of your traumas, not just the one that, that brought you to this situation, but everything that brought you to who you are right now. And, uh, and it was extremely insightful into not only why I was having mental health issues afterwards, but 
why I was trying to get rid of those other mental health issues by working so much, honestly, in the past. So was there a a specific point, Krista, when you realized you were going to be okay? Did you ever get, did you get to that point? I think that when I started schooling uh, at SAIT again, I think that was when I, I realized that I was going to be okay. There was a time in between physiotherapy and, and therapy and and going to school where they were basically just trying to put me in any position they could possibly find. And it just wasn't working out. And I felt extremely hopeless, even in that aspect, because I couldn't do the thing that I loved. And now I was having to try and pick something, just anything. And it didn't bring joy. Like it did not bring me any joy to to think about just doing a job to live. And so I would say that once they decided to send me back to school, that was that was when I started finding that hope again. So closing the door completely, like you had to completely close the door on your career in the kitchen. Yeah, I had to shut it down entirely. Yeah. Was there a period of grieving that you went through as a result of that? Um, Honestly, I think that I'm still in that process. I think it's one of those continuously revolving wheels of it's okay, and then it's not. And I think that that's just the grieving process in general. I think it gets easier, but I think it's still something that you always have with you. Yeah. Krista, you're a young woman. And prior to this happening, you I'm sure you thought you would be in the kitchen, that would be your career, that would be your life career. And so was part of this, or and is part of this grieving process around that you have so much of your life ahead of you, with probably relative uncertainty as compared to before the accident? Yes, I, I do think that that is part of it. Absolutely. I think it's also the amount of time and the amount of effort that I've put into this career. And just the, the pure joy that it gave me, it was it, it was about 15 years that I spent with schooling, with working in different restaurants, with working in different bakeries, working with different chefs that means so much to me. And, and just feeling like that's that's it. Like I have zero else that I can do within that realm. It's so interesting you say the 15 years, because in one of Malcolm Gladwell's books, he talks about this 10,000 hours, this, you know, roughly 15 years until you master something. And Mm -hmm. so you would have really been entering that master stage. Yeah, mastering being in kitchens, for sure. But because of the difference in in restaurants and difference in the types of culinary arts that you can go into. I mean, there's an entire world that I haven't even touched upon, which was, you know, another aspect of what was so lovely about cooking. So Krista, I know that you started rock climbing. (laughs) (laughs) Could you have imagined? I I could have never imagined that you were doing this. Like we're talking serious rock climbing and, and this was after your accident, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. Like, was that all part of your rebirth? I think it was. No, I I know it was. I actually, my current partner, he was the one who 
pestered me until I finally got up on something to take me rock climbing. And it was a huge, almost exposure therapy course, going out into the mountains and doing something terrifying (laughs) (laughs) and something that I never would have thought that in my years I would ever do. I mean, Peggy, you remember how scared I was of everything as a child. (laughs) And this was literally taking myself and putting myself into a situation where I had zero experience. I knew that I was with people that I could trust. uh, And it was a different type of anxiety. You know, it was a funner anxiety. (laughs) And it was something that I could use as a tool to get over other things. Krista, you mentioned your current partner encouraging you. How, what has it been like for friends, family, your support system as you went through this? And what's it been like for them? You know, I have a fantastic support system who has always been, you know, 110% behind me. My mom, especially, you know, she's the type of woman who will drop everything and just be there. And, you know, she actually went through a very similar accident where she had a lot of mental issue, health issues afterwards. And, and we really almost connected over it. She was going through a similar issue and it was just, it, it wasn't as, as bad, I think for her as, as I think it is in my head and how awful it must've been like being her daughter, but I, I think it was it was more connecting for us than anything. And so through your, you know, kind of this new discovery uh, process, have you found new purpose in your life? Where are you at today? What What's happening to Krista today? Yeah. So, I mean, even going back to the whole feeling hopeless before school thing, I actually am currently working at SATE for the School of Hospitality Tourism, which is the school that I graduated from for baking and pastry arts. So I'm actually working for a culinary school in generally and hotel management and travel tourism. So I'm I'm basically trying to work my new career into my old career, uh, which is is has just been lovely. That is great. I did not realize that you were working in in the school in your area where you have such a passion. So that bringing together sounds like it would be very satisfying. Absolutely. It's kind of making the transition a lot easier because I know what they're talking about on, on the culinary. And it also gives me hope that potentially I could put myself into an instructor position years and years down the line. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm really interested, uh, Krista, in going back to Peggy's question about resilience and perseverance. Mm -hmm. And, and it sounds like you're a very determined young woman and uh, showed a lot of resilience. Was there ever a time where you thought, you know, I'm just, I'm just not going to make it. I'm not going to find my career. I'm not going to, or, or were you quite sure of yourself that you would find something? You just had to give yourself time to do it. I think I was more stubborn. I think I was really 
upset and disappointed that I couldn't be in culinary arts anymore or in, in the kitchen. And so I, I, I definitely thought that, you know, I was going to be unhappy that I was just any other job was just not going to do it for me, that I was just going to be a nine to five humdrum life type of person. And then, you know, spending time within my schooling and seeing the different avenues that I could go through, seeing that I could potentially work eight, seeing I could, uh, you know, work for restaurants and things like that. It, it gave me a lot more hope that I could sort of manipulate the situation to what would make me happy. Yeah, because you know you are not a humdrum nine to fiver. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> that that would not describe you at all. So as you've gone through this, I mean, what an amazing growth experience it's been for you. Are there any things? particularly about the change that you went through that you learned and could share with listeners? That's a really good question. I think that accepting that you're not going to always be in the same situation for the rest of your life, that things are going to change. And sometimes they may not seem like they're the best at first, but they can be a catalyst for good. I mean, Honestly, thinking about being 40, 50 in the restaurant industry with the amount of negative behaviors that come with it. I mean, substance abuse, being exhausted constantly, having no life, having a day off, maybe uh, working every single holiday. I think I was I think I was mentally done with it at the same time as I had the most amount of passion. You know, because that's really insightful, because it's so true, life never ends up quite the way we thought it would, or quite mm-hmm. the way it, we planned it. And it's really what you make of that change and that new opportunity. And it sounds like you have really landed on your feet. I've done my best, even with one broken one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as the the rock climbing, um, are you continuing to do that and continuing to challenge yourself on on more and more challenging rock faces? Yeah, uh, I've had a little bit of a hiccup lately and with COVID and everything, things have been a little bit difficult, but we're getting back at it. Partner is actually going off and doing a lot bigger things than I am just because he's a little bit more savvy on systems and and a little bit more gung-ho to potentially get lost in the mountains. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's definitely become a new passion of mine, for sure. And it's it's definitely something that, I mean, you can never stop doing and never stop finding new things to climb on. <laughs> Do you think that you will need to continue either with therapy or using some of the practices that you learn through therapy? as you move through this next stage in life? Or do you feel that you've made, you know, kind of enough mental changes that you're okay? I think that things like therapy and the practices that you learn through therapy with mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy and things like that, it, they are exactly that, a practice and you don't get good at them unless you continue to use them. So I am definitely all for continuing therapy. 
I'm definitely all for checking in on yourself, um, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, and having that time to to really connect with your your emotions and things because trauma doesn't just start with with one issue, right? It's it's a series of things and you can't really specify this one part of your life being the be all end all and you do need to work through all of the issues i in my opinion remarkable it's a really compelling story i mean there was a lot of suffering that you went through uh, mentally and physically and yet i hear a very strong young woman talking now and much more confident and sure about where you're going so i am so appreciative that you've taken the time to tell this story to us thank you well thank you for having me i really appreciate it if you've learned just one thing about change while listening to this podcast please subscribe on apple or spotify and share with a friend this episode recorded via zoom audio Producers Peggy Kanick and Catherine Griba. Executive producer Kanick Leadership Advisory. Theme music La Pompée, written by Chris Harrington, music publisher Invato Market. For information on this podcast, please visit www.getyourgoat.ca.